0: There. Don't, don't run out of there real quick. I want to share something with you guys before you, you head out of here. Um, before church started, I received a, a, a most wonderful gift. I think I've gotten in a long time, and I was so proud to get it. This is a uh, little picture here to John from Alexis B. Alexis Baker, where are you? Well, thank you so much, dear. This means a lot to me. A place where I teach, I've, I've got pictures like this all over the place. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna put yours up there where, where I can see it. So, thank you. Awesome job. Way to go. Appreciate that. So thanks, kids. All right, you guys can go now. You can, you can. They're like, thank goodness, this is boring church stuff. I'm, I'm gonna get out of here. Run downstairs. <laughs> Well, we finally come to it. I think we finally made it. Uh, what originally started off as a uh well, I can help you out for a couple of months uh, It turned into about two years of preaching and 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 serving you guys and it's been fantastic and and if you'll indulge me a little bit i I kind of want to take a little stroll down memory lane today and you know, it is my last day as your your lay pastor and next week our full-time minister will be here. And, you know, two years ago, we found ourselves without a a pastor. Seth had accepted a job uh, as the big cheese. I don't know exactly what his title is, but uh, for the uh, general conference for the college. And uh, he was very excited about that. But everybody was, you know, sad to see him go. I mean, why ruin a good thing? We had a good thing going. And He was moving on and, you know, suddenly we're without a pastor and, you know, at the time I was making one of my usual, about once a quarter trips to church, about once every four months or so, I I think. So I I came in and uh, it was obvious that there was a lot of concern about the church, the future of the church. Where are we going? Well, what's going to happen? Oh, man, how can this, man, he's ruined it all. Way to go, Seth. I know Seth watches these sometimes, so thanks a lot, Seth. But you know, I had remembered going through this once before when I was much younger, and about 20-some years ago, we uh, suddenly we found ourselves without a pastor. And I thought back to that time, and a lot of those folks that were with us at that time, they're no longer with us. Either they've, they've moved on to another church or they've passed away. Um, but many from that time uh, were were not here. And I wondered, how is the church going to deal with the loss of its pastor? What's going to happen? And so I just kind of, you know, from sort of an outsider looking in, I was just kind of like, what what are they going to do? They're going to get Russ. I know they're going to get Russ. He's going to have to hop up and do it again. And, And, you know, for me personally at that time, where I was, and I've had people ask me about this a little bit. And, you know, I, I was struggling, frankly, with my professional life, struggling with my private life. I was tired of teaching, tired of being involved in a school that had a group of administrators who had zero vision, who had uh, zero competence, I felt, in moving the school forward towards, you know, more of a growth mindset. You know my principal was a nice guy but you know unfortunately I had tagged him as being a, a weenie and uh, that caught on so he he was a you know, it's not good to call the principal a weenie you know you a weenie but he uh he 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 got himself he hit the lottery moved the big time superintendent off to the you know how the Peter principal works he just kept going But personally, I was trying to come to terms with some things in my own life. My kids were moving on into college. Uh, One was graduating from high school at that time. My youngest was entering high school. I was frustrated with the fact that I had high blood pressure. Uh, I have an enlarged heart. Um, Often, you know, every once in a while I have to, you know, fiddle around with it a little bit and and I, was, I didn't like that too much. I just landed my dream job, which was to be the head coach of the Grand Falcons, and I got to enjoy that for all of one year before I let people get to me. And It affected my health, and it affected my blood, the whole thing. The doctor was like, man, you need to, you need to back off from that. That's gonna, you're gonna, they're going to bury you at the 50-yard line if you don't cool it. Like, all right, you know, God let me have one year, that's all I can ever ask for. That was fantastic, had a lot of fun. We weren't that good, but we had a lot of fun. You know, and I was trying to overcome some of the self-doubt that comes along with, you know, having to step away from something, and you know, I was feeling pretty sorry for myself, and, you know, I've been praying to God to help me through these typical life episodes. We all go through this. I mean we all have these episodes in life where you've got to try to sort things out. And you know you all have your issues, you've all got your crosses to bear. I know that, and for most of my life, I had looked up to preachers and church life i If you've listened to any of my messages, you know my my uh my grandmother and that whole side of the family was just you know shouting preachers and the whole thing growing up and. And so I kind of looked up to those guys, and uh, you know, it was something I'd always thought about doing, something I was interested in. And thankfully, I had uh, deep roots in the faith that never left me, even though I, you know, was so consumed with me. You know, I didn't have time for church or other things. You you know that, uh, you know, suddenly here's the church needing a needing a pastor. Not necessarily a leader. We got a lot of leaders here. People like Larry and Mark, and Brian, and Russ, Marilyn, uh, you know, Julie. I mean, we got a lot of leaders that, that step right up and, and get things done and kind of lead others. And But, you know, I was worried about the fact we didn't have a... A preacher. We didn't have a, a pastor. And I remember the, the last time years ago when, when Russ had done it and he had mentioned to me before, it, this is a, it's a labor of love. I, I, I love it, but man, it, it's tough. It, it takes a lot of time. And I really feel, you know, I felt very convicted about, you know, all of these events kind of coming together into one moment. That sort of, you know, to me was was hinting, God was hinting, you know what, you probably should do this. Or at least volunteer to do it. Take a chance. Take a step. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? They could say no. I would have said no. Dude, you don't ever come to church here. Why do you think you ought to be the preacher? All right. Well, I went up to Larry after church one day, and I said, Larry, you know, I just kind of blurted out to him. Would you pray for me? Pray that I figure out the right thing to do and that I would be consistent in doing it. One of my great faults is I tend to be wishy-washy. You know, I get real hot for something, man. We're going to do this. And, hey, let's go try this. And, you know, you're off to something else and and that's led to, you know, problems as you can imagine. You know, that led to a lifetime of of lost chances, troubles, mistakes. And that was something that I I really felt convicted on correcting. You know, and I felt bad that, you know, the church was looking at some rough times ahead. I didn't know of anyone qualified who'd want to come here and be our pastor. I didn't know of the the names who were available. I didn't know... um, You know, people from the Bible college. But by that time, a pastoral search committee had formed, and they were starting their work. And all of you on that committee, you did a great job. There was some wrangling and wrestling and arguing and loving and going on in the whole thing, trying to come up with, you know, who's this person going to be? And in the meantime, I'm thinking, you know, we need to have Somebody somebody to step up, and uh, I'd always felt a connection to this church. I mean, I was baptized here as a young man. I got married here. Members of the church reached out to Neola and I when, when things went wrong for us. When our first pregnancy failed, they were there for us. When our kids were born, they were there. I think it was Elois the night, I think it was Dustin was born. I think she beat my own family there. We were, Her mom and dad was down in the, the, the waiting room. Right. Lois didn't care. She just walked right on down to the, you know, hey, there. Well, I think being a nurse, you might have had uh, credentials. I don't know. Anyways, church had always been special to me, and I just felt as if God was saying, look, now's your, your time, man. You, you It's come to this moment. Give it a shot. The worst thing they can do is say no. Okay. So I asked for a meeting with the elders and offered to step in temporarily to fill the pulpit, look for someone, you know, let me just do some preaching, maybe help out with some of the, the other needs, and you know, what was supposed to be a few months suddenly turned into two years, and it's been the time of my life. I absolutely have loved every minute of it. But you know, what has my message been? You know, if you go back and you listen to all my old messages, you know, I've tried to share with you really three things. Three things that I felt were important then, and they're important to me now. Number one, the most one of the most important things that I've tried to share is that this book, the Bible, that is the source of nourishment and growth. If you want to be a Christian, and you want to grow, you need to... Take a look at this once in a while. It can't collect dust. You need to read this book. Try to live by its precepts. If nothing else, if I I helped you to reach for a Bible a time or two and give it a read, you know, I think it was worth being your, your pastor. You know, I feel we all need to grow spiritually. The American church... Not just our church, but all churches here in America. We tend to be very wide in our, the things that we do and the things that we say and the programs. But we're very, very thin when it comes to the depth of which we really get involved. People who have been Christians for all of their life have never really grown much spiritually. That's a problem across America. America. And it's only through reading of the Scripture, I think, that we start to learn. The Bible refers to the Bible itself as being like food for Christians. Some of the things in here are they are like baby food. When you're a little baby Christian, you need to eat baby food. It's good for you. You don't give a, a newborn baby a prime steak. You know, here, did you take your kid to Texas Roadhouse? Did you stuff one of them uh, one of them rolls in there yet? No, no, that day's coming, I'm sure. But you don't give a baby that kind of stuff. You give them baby food. But there's a lot of, of other stuff in here for growth. There's prime rib in here, if you look for it. We all need it. So I think, you know, with the scriptures, I feel like we all need to to grow spiritually. We don't get to be saved and then wait for the kingdom of God. God desires for us to grow, to become more like Christ. And I challenge you to live a life worthy of the Son of God. The Bible says that all Scripture is useful for instruction. It's eternal. Many Bibles in the front, they'll have the little, little verse from the Psalms. The grass withers, but the word of the Lord will last forever. Forever. The second thing that I tried to do is to preach the gospel. I'm not good at uh, Andy Stanley stuff, and I, I don't know much about that. And but, but I do know the importance of preaching the gospel. And to me, the most important thing we can do in life is to preach the word in season and out, to tell people about the good news of the gospel. You know, these things I've tried to emphasize to you. It's been my great prayer and hope that in the years ahead you'll turn to the Bible as a source of inspiration and instruction. This book is not uh, in favor among contemporary life anymore. If you read the scripture and you believe its precepts and you try to teach it, you can be branded a bigot. You're a hate monger. You don't You're old-fashioned. You don't understand. The the times have passed you by. uh, On and on it goes. But my prayer for all of you is that you keep working on your spiritual life. And I hope that at least once in your life, you'll lead somebody to Christ. That you'll present the gospel to somebody else. Maybe not in a polished way. Maybe you don't... Have the half the Bible memorized. I don't have very many verses memorized. But I know where to find them if I want them. Finally, I want to thank everybody here. I can't begin to thank everyone for all the love and support that you've shown to me. Week after week, you've encouraged me and you've shared your lives with me. And that's a real blessing. I was able to celebrate great joys with you. And at times I found myself right in the middle of some of the worst times of your life. And you invited me to be a part of that. Heck, I even dragged some of you into it with me. I mean, I dragged Jen up to the hospital one night and we, we, we sang and prayed with a, a mother who had just lost her baby. That was difficult, very difficult. But after we did that, I, you know, I watched Jen grow. I watched her mature to become a woman of not just a little faith, but a woman who's a leader, a leader in Christ, someone who was used mightily, who allowed herself to be used by God. That's my prayer for all of you, that at least once in your life, you would allow God to use you in some way. You know, I'm so glad that so many of you found what I had to say to be encouraging. But to be honest, I was always the one who, who felt encouraged. So here I am two years later, you know, I still wonder where my life's going. I still wonder what in the heck does God have in store for me. I don't, I don't know. I got some ideas, but nothing's ever certain. You know, God, God's will is certain, and so thy will be done. You know, I'm thankful that my health is better, my blood pressure is under control as long as I take my medicine. I'm thankful that my school district has seen an entire turnover in administration. We got brand new principals. And really, these guys are great. They're leaders. And most importantly, they legitimately love kids. They make it fun to come to work again. More importantly, I feel a sense of confidence in myself that I haven't had for many, many years. And I have all of you to thank for that. You know, the last thing that I've tried to make clear, and I've emphasized it again and again over the last two years, was that this was never meant to be a permanent thing for me. I've had many of you ask me, why don't you just be the preacher? Why don't you just stay on there and... And do that. But you know from the very beginning. God made it very clear to me. This call or whatever you want to you know, call it. This is something that was to be temporary. Throughout my time as pastor. I've always made it clear. That I was simply holding down the fort. Our new pastor. My pastor will be here next week. And we as a church will ask him to be our leader. Our pastor. Our pastor. I prayed for Kyle and I've asked you to pray for Kyle and I've asked you to support him and now that time has finally come. It's finally here. Frankly, I know that some of you were disappointed that your candidate did not receive the call to be the pastor of this church. I know that any time you have a transition, the strain can risk ripping apart Relationships. It can cause people to be very disappointed, but I've been proud to see all of you put aside your disappointments and pull together for the benefit of the church. That's an example of spiritual maturity, and I absolutely love it. I love that. Frankly, if anyone wanted to bail out, you had your chance for two years. If you haven't run off yet, I don't think you're going anywhere. All of you have been incredibly supportive, have worked hard to keep this church humming along. And I know I'm not the only one who stepped up beyond their comfort zone to be a leader in this church. And my great prayer was that Kyle would find a church ready to take on new challenges, to be supportive, to be disciplined, ready to hold ourselves and hold him accountable to do the great work of the church. I spoke a few months ago about how, look, I have no doubts that Kyle is the man for this church. At this point in history, here in Springfield, Ohio, uh, he's supposed to be the pastor. If you have your Bibles, open to 2 Timothy. I want to just review real quick with you something that I I spoke on previously. 2 Timothy, again, Paul has now found himself in jail. He knows his time is up, it's over. but he's got these young guys he's got to look out for. one in particular was Timothy. And in Second Timothy chapter one, right from the beginning, Paul kind of lays this out here, excuse me, starting verse three, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did. As I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. Talking about Timothy. I've been praying for you, Timothy. Longing to see you. Even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you. Which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I'm sure that it is in you as well. For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you. Through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Our new pastor is a young, young guy. But don't be fooled for a minute because there is a gift inside of him that was placed there by God. And it is a gift that is not, it doesn't reckon itself with timidity. It is a gift full of power and love and discipline. And the fact that Kyle's what? 16 years old? I don't know how old he is, you know? That doesn't matter. 12? Something. Looks like he's about 12. Yeah. But if you look on the inside, there is a spirit of power and love and discipline given to him by God the Father to be a minister to his people. Verse 8, Paul goes on talking to Timothy. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was granted us in Christ Jesus, from all eternity, God set up the church for him for His sake. This is His creation. This isn't a human thing. this isn't the Lions Club. this isn't the Elks or the you know the Shrine Club or whatever. If it was, we'd wear funny hats. I think it'd be more fun that way. you know This is the church and the church comes in many shapes and sizes races creeds beliefs doctrines but it's still it's the church of god and for that church to operate god calls people with a holy calling not according to our works or for our but for his own purpose and for whatever reason however it worked i'm very confident In the fact that at this time, Kyle is our pastor. Even if it's for a day. God had a plan. He has a purpose behind it. Paul encouraged Timothy to kindle afresh the gift of God that's inside of him. You know, as we welcome Kyle and Jamie to our church next week, I encourage each of you to pray for him. Pray for them. Ask God to work mightily through them in this church. Now, I don't want to puff them up to think they're, you know, they're the next Billy Graham or the next whatever. They're the greatest thing. They're, they're kids. They're going to make mistakes. That's part of growing. You make a mistake, that's an opportunity to grow. And that, from that comes wisdom. Wisdom. So if he screws up because of some youthful thing, give the guy a break. You were a kid too one time. You messed up. Love them through it. And help them to grow. You know, I want to show our pastor that we're a church ready to minister to our community in the name of Jesus. What I would like to do for just a few minutes here to wrap up. I'd like a time of silent prayer. And I'm going to lead the beginning of it here just to give you some prompts of what to, to pray about. I always, people would say, we need to pray for so-and-so. And start praying. And I'm like, I don't know what to pray. You know, what, what should I? But if you bow your heads with me, I would like to take a moment to, first of all, in your own mind, praise God for His many blessings. Praise Him for the wonderful gifts that He's given to us, the discipline that He gives to us, the love, the forgiveness, and that you can praise Him mightily. It also asks at this time, you ask God to forgive us of our sins, to forgive you, Ask Him, Lord, forgive me. I knew better. It's just part of being a a person. Thank Him for the gift of Christ to wash away all sin. I also ask that you would pray that God will direct us and, and challenge us to support and love Kyle and Jamie. Ask God to help me, God, to, to love this, this, this kid. Help me to, to demonstrate my love for you by listening to him. By challenging him. And finally, I ask that you pray for Kyle and Jamie pray for their new life together what it must be like to be newlyweds to move away from all of your friends to move to a a place yeah they're a little bit familiar with us but you're talking about picking up everything and moving because they feel a call on top of all that They're newly married. They're kids. They're going to find out what marriage is really about. And I pray that we as a church would sustain them and love them and encourage them as they grow. And finally, pray for their ministry. I'm sure Kyle has some ideas of things that he'd like to do. And I pray that, Lord, you would help them to be successful. finally, I'll close with prayer here. Heavenly Father, I thank you. It's, this has been a, a fantastic time, not only in my life, but hopefully in the life of the church. We look forward to what you have planned for us. I can't wait to see Kyle and to love him and to, to be here for him and to challenge him and to tease him and to do all the wonderful things that, that a brother does. Father, we we give you thanks for looking out for this church, for keeping us together, for raising up people within the church to do different things, to to help one another, to love one another, to plan events, to all of the hundreds of little things that have to happen to to have church. God, you've kept kept us together, and I'm so thankful for that. And God, I look forward to many, many years of North Hills being an effective tool for you in this community. Father, I love you and I thank you again for this privilege and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.